Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at My Emmanuel Church. We hope you enjoy this message. We are so glad that you are joining us here online today. Welcome to Emmanuel Church Online. My name is Pastor Gabe, and along with my wife, Lajinska, we have the honor here to pastor at Emmanuel Church. If you are joining us here for the first time, let us know in the chat. Uh, We want to know that you are here, and we want to say hello to you. We want to reach out to you, connect with you, uh, so that we can serve you better. So I am so glad. Uh, I'm so happy today, excited today, because we're going to be starting... uh, a new series um, uh, called In Their Shoes, In Their Shoes, and I'll explain in just a moment, but what I want you to do is if you are watching online or uh, if you are watching online, I want you to do this real quick. Take a second to to, to get out of the app or, or get off of the stream and Click the share button, click the share to share it with somebody, send it to the text message, share it on Facebook, share it on YouTube, uh, on Twitter, wherever you can, because I want I want you to be able to know, uh, to, to invite someone to church today. That's how we can invite people to church, even if we're, we're not meeting in person. So take a moment to do that and then join us right here back on the stream. We will be right here. We're not going anywhere. I promise. Uh, I'm excited for this series. Uh, uh, I I love the, the graphic work that we put together for it. Um, it's called In Their Shoes. And I'm pretty sure you've heard the uh, saying somewhere uh, or someone has told you or you maybe you've told somebody else. It's like, well, you know, you need to walk a mile in my shoes. Or maybe you didn't say that exactly. It's like, well, you don't know what it's like to be me. You don't know my life. That's another way we say it now. You don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my struggle. You know, we we go, we say these things to people because we want them to know that before they start criticizing or before they start saying something about what we're doing, how we're living, or, or what, uh, or anything else in life, uh, we want them to know you don't know what's going on in my life, and that that was the inspiration behind this series, and so my aim during the month of August, during the series, is to be able to take you through the Bible and see what it says about that. What does it mean to to understand people? What does it mean to walk in their shoes? What does it mean to to try and see people's perspective before we judge them? What does it mean to have compassion and empathy? What does it mean to really walk a mile in someone's shoes? You know, because we're not really... as humans, we're not really, and especially in the culture that we live in in America, we are not prone to the virtues of compassion and empathy. It's not easy for us to just say, I'm looking out for somebody else. It ha- And if we are, it has to be someone that we've tried and true and tested. You know, they have to be someone, they have to be our day one. They have to be someone that's been with us for a long time. Otherwise, we don't think about people. We don't, we don't want to worry about them or what they're feeling or what they're going through because it's harder for us. It, you know, in fact, I used to have a friend 
Well, not I used to have a friend. They're still a friend. I, I have a friend that told me that when we started becoming friends, he says, I have, I have a, a, a levels of friendship for people. And I put them to tests. And I'm like, tests? You tested me? <laughs> like, you tested me to be your friend? He's like, yeah, I tested you to see if I could trust you. You know, telling you little secrets and this and that and little by little getting bigger till I could finally know that I trusted you. And I'm like, I'm offended. No. <laughs> But we feel that way, like, because we have to trust to, to, in order to understand people, we feel like we have to know them well, or we, we, or, or otherwise they're not important to us. We, we're not prone to having those virtues. In fact, just the opposite. We care more about ourselves, or we think that we know better than other people. Many of us have probably had moments in our lives where we have the thought, well, if it were me, you ever thought that phrase? You ever started that phrase? If it were me, you know, well, if I was a teacher, I'd do things a little bit different. Or maybe you have a job that you don't like too much. And it's like, well, I, if I was the boss, this is what I would do. It, you know, we, we do stuff like that. And one that I see all the time that makes me laugh is just because now that sports is back, uh, kind of, sort of. Uh, basketball's back, baseball's trying to come back, and there's a lot of things going on. And, but th- this one makes me laugh so much. I see people yelling at the TV screen saying, man, my grandma could play better. I could do better. Could you? Really? Are you a professional athlete? Really, we don't know. But, but that's what we tell ourselves. That if it were me, I could have made that shot. I could have made that touchdown. They should have done this play instead of that one. They should have, you know, they should have put this guy in instead of this guy. And we, we say, if it were me. But it's not just stuff like that in life. We, we do it when it comes to spiritual matters as well. We, we, we look at people and say, God forbid, if y'all have ever said this of me. You know, if I were the pastor, I'd do things a little different. I've thought that. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. Or, or we see someone that, that has fallen into sin and we say, man, you know, if I were in that situation, I wouldn't have done that. I would have, I would have been pure. I would have been holy. We think so much of ourselves that we put ourselves on this level to the point where we look at stories in the Bible. Man, it, if the Pharisees, if I was there living in those times and I was a Pharisee, I would have believed Jesus. Uh, I don't know about that. Like, or, or if I was Peter, I wouldn't have denied him right there at the cross. Are you sure about that? Like, like, like John Cena said, are you sure about that? No, that, that meme I see everywhere all the time. And, and, and that's the thing. We say these things. We say, if it were me, if it were me, it would be different if it were me. But the thing about it is, is that we, and you know, even, let me, let me put a little bit more of a modern example. We tell ourselves right now, there's a lot of unrest going on in our nation because of uh, issues of civil rights and injustice. And so a lot of people have said during their lifetime, if I lived during the civil rights movement, it would have been different. Yet we are living through that right now. And many people stay silent. Many people stay quiet. Many people say back up and, they, and actually they stand on the opposite side. Even though they said they would stand on the right side. We try instead to stay away from these situations so that we don't have to. But we, but we think if it were me. 
Because we want people to be in our shoes. We want people to see our perspective. But a lot of times, we're not real interested in seeing other people's perspective. We're not really interested in seeing how they live life. How, how they're going through life. The struggles that they are going through. That's why I'm always pretty pretty picky about things. Like, I try to control myself when I'm like shopping or anything like that. Because I see people doing things. I see people getting angry. Or I see employees having a rough day and they're being rude and stuff like that. It's like, man, you know, I don't know. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe 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 they're going through something at home that they, they tried not to bring it with them. They tried to stay professional, but it, it, it just came out. Because it's too much. It's too heavy. Like, I, I try to always think about it like that. You know, the, probably the least place that I'm about about that is in traffic. Because I'm like, man, I'm trying to get somewhere too. You calm down. <laughs> we are all in a rush right now. <laughs> but that's but that's the truth. We, we don't like to be in other people's shoes. But we want people to be in ours. So, before we go into the rest of this series, the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about different things of how, how to... How to how to, to stay away from judging people when we meet them. How, how to understand our situation in light of someone else's situation. But today, before we get started, we need to understand the very basic foundation of all of this. is Why do we need to see ourselves in other people's shoes? Because Jesus asks us to do that because he did it first. He did it first. Jesus became human. That is the key element of the gospel because it shows us that God is not detached from our reality. Instead, he chose to be a part of our story because he wanted us to understand the truth and the realness of who he is and of his love. He wants us to understand that and he had, and he had to. He had, he chose to, in fact, be a part of our reality, be a part of our story. He chose to be. He didn't have to be, but he wanted to. He wanted to know what it was like to walk as one of us on this earth. And, you know, and it's crazy to think that, but that's how God showed himself in Jesus. He showed himself in Jesus first as a baby. He was born as a baby. He had to, he had to go through all the things. His diapers had to be changed. He had to learn how to walk, learn how to talk, learn to do all the things that kids learn how to do. You know, I don't know if he was a, I don't think he was a bad kid because the Bible tells us he was perfect and sinless. So that means he always obeyed his parents, but he explored, he fell down, you know, Uh, they didn't have bikes back then but if he had a bike like if he lived today he would have learned how to ride a bike he would have learned how to do things he would have gone out with his friends he would have explored life learned about everything and so he he knew what it was to be like us in fact his father was a carpenter so most likely Jesus learned the trade of carpentry he learned what it was to to build furniture tables and other things like that he learned what it was to do that he went, he got splinters, he got cuts, he got scrapes, he, he cried, he laughed, he explored and experienced joy. He experienced all of that to be like us so that we could understand how much his love was. But he didn't have to. He didn't have to. One of the, uh, in, in a more serious moment of Jesus' life, he was being betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Apostle Peter, like he always was, a little bit, little bit wild, a little bit crazy. He he would immediately, he immediately drew out his sword and cut off some dude's ear. And in the story, I think it's so funny because Jesus, like, just like man, picks up the ear, puts it back on the guy, and it's just like Peter, calm down. 
Just chill for a second, Peter. And he says something that, that shows us that he didn't have to be human. He didn't have to live life as difficult as he had it. He didn't have to be a, a poor guy who was basically homeless. He didn't have to be that. In Matthew 26, 53 to 54, he says, Don't you think I can just call the angels down right now, armies of angels, and just end this all? I could have. I could. I can. I can do it right now. I could do it when I'm on the... I mean, he, he wouldn't say that, but I could. he could have done it when he was on the cross. He could have done it at any point during his life. He could have done that. He, he could have been not like us. He could have come to earth and decided, man, you know what? This is not worth it. Reset button. End of humanity. Let's try again. You know? He could have. But he chose not to. He chose to be like us. He chose to suffer like us. Not only did Jesus go through the normal things of life, but he chose to suffer like us. He experienced betrayal. In the garden of Gethsemane. Someone that he called a friend. Stabbed him in the back. And betrayed him. He experienced loneliness. In that garden too. He was there by himself. He says even though I'm surrounded by my friends. I feel like I'm alone. In this moment. God why have you abandoned me. In this moment. He experienced sorrow and grief. He lost people. We don't, I mean, we don't even see the story, but sometime during his lifetime, Joseph, his earthly father, passed away. And he lost his father on earth. He lost friends. Lazarus died, and albeit he did bring him back to life. That's a whole different story. But he lost him and he cried. When he was there at the grave, he cried and experienced the grief and sorrow of life. Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4. We see the, the, the devil himself. Some of us are not so, some of us are, ne- <laughs> I was going to say lucky. We should be grateful <laughs> that when we're tempted, it's probably not the devil himself. Because he can't be everywhere, so he can't tempt us all at the same time. So if everybody's looking for the devil all the time, he ain't probably there. But there are other reasons for us to be tempted, other things that tempt us. Jesus experienced temptation by Satan himself. And he withstood it. He was like us. He was like us. I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. That gives us a little bit of insight into what it was that, uh, uh, that Jesus chose to be like us. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. It says like this, Therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete and be like-minded, having the same love, being in one Spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking down to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. In your relationships with another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, listen to that, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Meaning that Jesus as a human had the access to the to to be who he was fully god to, to the power of god to the insight of god to the ability to know and see and understand all things yet he did not consider himself equal 
He said, I'm not going to take advantage of the rather. He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus was like us. Jesus understood what it meant to be human. Jesus understood what it meant to be tempted, what it meant to, to, to go through heartache and heartbreak. He understood pain. He understood love. He understood joy. He understood suffering. So that he, this was Jesus walking in our shoes. He walked in our shoes first. Before we, he ever asked us to live like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be like himself. Before Jesus asked us to be like Jesus. Before God asked us to be like Jesus, he told us, here's the example. Here, I'm setting out to walk in your shoes so that you can walk in mine when I'm done. Because he walked in your shoes, he could be a part and experience the struggles and difficulties of human life. So that when he steps into your life, all of you watching online right now. He offers healing and life and hope and compassion and understanding. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 to 18 say this. Since the children have flesh and blood. That's us. We are the children. We have flesh and blood. He too shared in their humanity. So that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. He needed to be like us so that he could set us free. That was another important part of what it meant for Jesus to be human. And free all of those whose lives were held in slavery by their fear and death. For surely it is not angels that he helped, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them. Jesus had to be made like us. Fully human in every way. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered and he was tempted. And he is able to help those who are being tempted so we we see here in in hebrews he put on our flesh he put on human likeness so he could be hurt like us he could be but he put on our feelings too he experienced human feelings human feelings so that he could be tempted and experience sin experience what it was to be tempted into sin to want to do what we want to do he wants us to know that he can look at us and understand our situation that's why it's key that we understand that jesus is human because he empathizes with us what is empathy empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another it's not sympathy sympathy is what we often default to because it's easier Sympathy is looking at someone, seeing their situation. It's like, oh, I feel so bad for them. Poor them. It's more like pity, really. We look at someone's situation and say, you know, I feel bad for them. But then we make no effort to do anything for them. We make no effort to take any action on that. We make no effort to actually sit with them and understand that. But Jesus can empathize with us. That means he sits with us when we're, when we're feeling down. He cries with us when we experience sorrow. He knows what it is to be in pain. And it wasn't just for the people 2,000 years ago. Because, well, you can say, well, you know, Jesus experienced life 2,000 years ago. That was different. Yeah, most likely it was probably worse. People did not live as long. There was more diseases. There was not indoor plumbing. There was not air conditioning. 
Uh, I mean, imagine they're living in the Middle East, which is hotter than it is here in Texas. And they didn't have AC. Like, I don't know how they got cool, but they did something, probably. I don't know. But imagine, Jesus didn't do it just for the people that were living 2,000 years ago, but he did it for me and you today. He sees our lives and understands. He sees the children suffering at the border and he's waiting with them in the cages to be set free. He sees those who are suffering injustice in America and stands with them against the powers that would keep them oppressed. He is with the people that are hated because of their faith, because of their identity, because of who they are, and he cries and suffers with them. He feels the souls, the, the suffering of those caught into human trafficking. He is with you when you worry about financial st- your financial worries. He is with you to cry with you when you are in grief and you were lost. He's with you to hold you while you were in the darkness. And when sin and life seem unbeatable, he stands with you and he knows what it's like to be there. He understands us. He has walked in our shoes and he understands us. So what does this mean for us then? What do we do? Because it can be easy to say, man, I love Jesus because he understands me. And be, that's it. In fact, many Christians, that's the extent of their faith. They say, I love Jesus because he understands what I've gone through. And we take it no further. We, do no, we, we, we don't go the next step. Because like I said, empathy is hard. Empathy requires action. Empathy requires that we do something with our lives. Sympathy is easy for us to do because all we have to do is sit on the sidelines and say, you know what, as long as I feel bad, I have a good intention. You know, that's the good intentions. That's the lie of good intentions. Good intentions tell us that all we have to do is, is, is think about it. You know? And, and that's what it what was. It, what do we tell people when they don't bring us a gift on our birthdays or something about it and they just show up and it's like, oh, well, it's the thought that counts. Well, secretly in your mind, it's like, man, these cheap people, they don't want to bring me nothing. <laughs> you know, that's what we feel on the inside, but we're not going to say that on the outside. It's the same as like when we, we say, if I were, if it were me, if I was the boss, we don't say that out loud to our boss or anybody because that's going to get us in trouble. Sympathy is easy because it it doesn't require us to say anything. It doesn't require us to do anything. It just requires us to think it. And a lot of us think that that's enough. But the truth is, we have to be like Jesus. Jesus, when he steps into someone's life, he empathizes with our humanity and calls us to have compassion on those who share this world with us, to walk with those who are suffering, to fight with those who fight with injustice, and to love those who need to be loved. That's what he calls us to. That's what he calls us to be like, to be like him. We, we always say we should be like Jesus. We always say we need to be like Jesus, but we are more like the religious leaders of Jesus' time, feeling like we are righteous enough, feeling like we are holy enough because we've done enough on our end because we've kept the law, because we've done the right things, because we've said the right thing. We sing all the songs in church. You know, man, you know, pastor, when we're worshiping online, I lift up my hands in, in my house. That's not enough. But that's not enough, though. He calls us to be like Jesus. So what does that mean? Philippians, well, the, the scripture I shared in Philippians tells us, he said, tells us, first of all, you need to live in humility. 
Humility means that you think of yourself less. It doesn't mean that you don't think about yourself. It's important to practice self-care and other things like that. To take care of yourself, to you know, to take a nap when you need to take a nap, uh, to, to eat healthy, to exercise, to do all those things. Do things that you enjoy. It's important to think about yourself. It's important to think about your goals. It's important to think about what you want to do, where you want to be in, in the future. That's important. But it doesn't mean to just abandon who you are. Instead, it means you put others before yourself. When you see a need, you try to meet the need. To humble yourself. Like Jesus. Jesus says he lived in humility. He didn't consider himself equal with God. And that's a lot of times what we have the problem with in life. We need to start there. Stop thinking that we are God in our lives. We think that we know best for us. Well, you know, God doesn't know. Because he doesn't live my life. He doesn't know what I'm like. He doesn't know what I want. He doesn't know. No, he does. And he experienced the same thing. He was human too. He had thoughts. He had abilities. He had Dreams and whatever. I don't know what was his dream and desire to save humanity. <laughs> but he said, I don't consider myself equal with God. But that's, we might not say that, but we think it. So we need to humble ourselves. We need to live in humility. We need to say, you know, God is in control. I don't know what's going to happen in life. I don't know what's going to happen in this situation in 2020, but God does. I need to live under his love and hope. Because he knows what's going to happen. Humility means trusting God above all else. Second, we need to love people. It's easier said than done. And I always say that. It's not easy to love people. Because it's not easy. It's not just the people we need to love that are right next to us. Right in our homes. Right with us here in the church. It's not It's not that. It's, it's loving the people who are giving you a hard time. Loving the people that are being rude and mean and evil even. Loving the people who who others have told you you're not supposed to love. Loving the people that are on the edges and the fringes. Loving the people that Jesus would love. Because that's what Jesus did. Every day throughout his life, he went out of his way to touch someone's life who nobody else wanted to be involved with. He went to the Samaritan woman. You, you don't go to Samaria in the, in the day of Israel. You don't. You just don't. Because there was r- racial animosity between the two groups. And so Jesus went out of his way to see those people. Jesus went out of his way to be with Gentiles, even though they were taught Gentiles were bad, Gentiles were evil. Jesus went out of his way to do that. Jesus went out of his way to love people. Three, he said, serve people. I need you to serve. That's the action part of empathy. That's more than just the good thoughts and loving people and being internal spiritual things. This is where Jesus, it starts from moving to the inside to the outside. It says serve people. When you see someone that is in need on the side of the road, what can you do to help them? Maybe you can't do much. But instead, put aside your prejudices and actually give them a dollar. Instead, put aside your prejudices and if you have a bottle of water or something, give it to people. It's hot outside. Instead uh, of trying to figure out why people are being so rude, do what you can to serve them. How can you make someone's day better? I remember one time when I was in San Antonio, we were going through Walmart checkout line when I was back in Bible school. And, oh... We could tell, me, me and my group of friends, we could tell the girl at the register she was having a tough time. and But she didn't really say anything. She did the smile, you know, like everybody does when they say, how are you doing today? Maybe she didn't make eye contact or anything like that. Said the things that she was supposed to say. And 
You know, we asked her, it's like, hey, are you, are you doing okay? And my friend asked her, you doing okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And he kind of, she kind of looked away and looked down and averted eye contact. And he's like, are you sure? And she, for a moment, she let her guard down and she, she broke, she broke down. She started crying a little bit and she's like, everything's not really okay. You know, I'm trying my best. And we said, we can pray for you. And she broke down a little more. She's like, no one has offered to do that. At all, ever. You don't know. What can you do to make someone's day better? What can you do to serve somebody else? What can you do to express the love that God has asked us to do? If someone is grieving and crying or or depressed or sad, be there with them. That's what I talked about last week. If someone has a physical need that needs to be met, do your best. Maybe you don't have a lot, but do something. Maybe you can't meet a physical need because you don't have the money. But you can be there. You can show up. You can serve people. Number four, obey. And Jesus said that he was obedient to death. That means all the stuff that we've talked about so far. Be faithful to that. Live in that. Live it out. Let your life express your worship to God, not just through singing songs, not just through watching online on church, not just through sharing uh, on Facebook and YouTube, although do that. But that means to live it out wherever you go. When you go to Walmart, when you go home, when you go to your work, when you go to your place of work, when you go to school, when you're online in in Zoom classes, when you're online in college courses, wherever you are at, Live out what we have been asked to do. We need to know that Jesus, that Jesus, this Jesus who walks in our shoes, isn't some distant God waiting to smite you because of sin. No, he is a God who has done all that he can, given all that he is so that we might know him. He has stepped into our story So that we can see the realness of his love and the hope that is in him. He has experienced the pain of life so that he can sit with us. So that he can walk with us. And he left a path behind for us to be able to follow. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Not, not, there's a, there's a lot of, Depictions of Jesus today in this world that will tell you otherwise that he just wants you to live rich and be blessed. No, that's not. I mean, sure, he wants you to bless you, but not with money. He doesn't want to be, he's not standing with one political party or another. He wants to know that he stands for the kingdom of God. He wants you to know that that there's a lot of pictures of Jesus out there. But the one that you are looking for, the one that you need today is the Jesus who took the time to step into our story and walk with you. To walk in your shoes. And I'm going to close right now and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray two things like I always pray. One, I'm going to pray for us that are believers. That we might... Check ourselves. That we need to check ourselves. That we need to see what we're doing in life. Are we really living this out wherever we go? Are we really living this out in private? Are we living this out in public? And that God would give us the strength to be able to live that way. And the second thing 
is if you need this Jesus today, if you need to know him, he is here. He is right here with open arms. He is here with a loving heart waiting for you. Because he knows what you've been through. Maybe it's the first time and you don't know, you've never had a relationship with Jesus before. Or maybe it's been a long time. And you say, I need to know him again. Because he's distant, I'm distant. Something is broken down. And I just want you to know he's here for you. And it's real easy. It's real easy because he's waiting for you. He's been waiting for you. So we're going to pray for that first. And if you would bow your head or close your eyes, wherever you're at. And if you need Jesus today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And then I'm going to pray for you. Pray with me this. Jesus, I want to know you. Or I want to know you again. I need hope in this life. I want to know your love. So here I am. I give you my life. I need you today to make me new. And if you have prayed that prayer right now, this prayer is over you right now. We're all praying for you in this moment. God, we thank you for the decision that has been made today. We thank you for the new member of the family of God, our new brothers and sisters who have made this choice in this moment. We pray over them, God, that they would learn, that they would know in this moment your love, that they would know right now that the word says that they have been made into a new creation, that they have been given a second chance, that they have been given a new hope in you, Jesus. And that not only that, but they are not alone because you are with them in this walk of life. But we also surround them as your church, as your family, as your children. We surround them in love. We surround them in prayer. They are not alone in this new journey that they are about to embark on. In this new part of their life. And we pray that you cover them, God. And that they would reach out to us as we reach out to them. To help them walk this life. To help them walk this journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And for those of us who are believers and we've been, maybe we feel like we haven't been doing the best that we can. Maybe we're struggling to do that. Right now I'm going to pray for all of us that we might be able to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, help us to be more like you. We want to walk the path that you have laid before us. The path that shows us to be humble, to love, to serve others, to obey your commands, to obey your words, to be like Jesus, to be Jesus in the lives of those who need him, to reach out to those who are on the fringes of society, those who are hurting and broken and lost in sin, those, God, who are fighting, those, God, who are struggling. Help us to be Jesus to them. Help us to know what it is to daily pick up our cross, to daily walk in his shoes. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us through that because we cannot do it alone. And we need you, Jesus. So take us 
from this, from this day on, help us to be better. Help us to be loving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.